If you want to support the show, the best way you can is through any of the books or current ongoing Vela shorts that are being released on a regular basis. The easiest way to find this is to go to bitbit.ly slash tmrbooks, and you'll have links there to everything. All of my Kindle books are available for free. If you have Kindle Unlimited, you don't have to pay anything. You get it with your subscription. You can read them all. They're all in screenplay format. That includes Swan Song, The Muses, Duet, In the End. Our past does not define us. Anything else that I've written that's available on Kindle, it's available there. You can buy a soft cover if you want. Uh, there's a hardcover collection of all of the Swan Song books all combined into one. That's available as a hardcover. You can pre-order Echo Alpha, which is coming out in November. All of these things are available if you go uh, on Amazon. But quick link, if you go bitbit.ly slash tmrbooks, I have them all there nice, easily cataloged. Also, down toward the bottom, we have the Kindle Vela content. Uh, the first three episodes are always free. And then after that, um, there's a token system that you can use to... to you know, read. Even if you don't like it, just give it a thumbs up. Uh, that way we can get it up higher so more people see it. So one final time, that's bitbit.ly slash tmrbooks. And every Wednesday, there's a new Vela book that goes up. Taser and Acrobat, Nanite and Rosebud, Tales from Another World, and The Alchemist and the Illusionist. All go up on Wednesdays, and it's all available on uh, Kindle Vela. All of this is available bitbit.ly slash tmrbooks. We're going to be aware of spoilers. I am Adam. Let's discuss Malignant. Now, Malignant, for those of you who don't know, is James Wan's latest horror movie. James Wan being the director of uh, Saw. Only Saw 1, though, I believe. Uh, the Conjuring, which is also great. And then he also did Insidious. And then, you know, Malignant. Also, Aquaman. A little bit of a, you know, departure from the horror which, I mean, if you look back, like, the trench stuff is really some kind of, you know, it, it kind of is, you know, horror-influenced. But, you know, he's a guy who knows how to frame a horror movie. Um, and I'm going to spoil this, because I have one major criticism of the movie. Well, two. Number one, the movie kind of loses me to an extent. Um, the the effects aren't great. Let me rephrase that. There's, like, this, like the entire conceit of the movie is that, like, there's this woman who dreams and witnesses grisly murders in, in the dream. And what will happen is she'll be doing something, and, like, the world around her will change into whatever room the murder's hap happening in. So that it, when they do that effect, that effect's really cool. It's like the blood that's a little bit, you know, excessive. It's kind of almost like a hammer kind of look on it, but, like, with hammer and, like, you know, the, like... Or almost like a Tarantino-esque, where it's like, people are have no internal organs, it's just like, skin and then like, a pool of blood inside of them, there's nothing else in there. Um, where it's like, people get like, you know, stabbed and like, blood shoots out. Well, no, people do have bones in this movie. Uh, you see a lot of bones protruding out of stuff. So, it's a, it, like, the effects are kind of cool, I just, I don't like the, the over-the-top blood squeeze, especially when they do it with CG, instead of like, 
practical effects, which I get why you wouldn't, like, especially from how far away a lot of the shots are, you wouldn't be able to see up close, like, um, a, a physical blood splatter effect, so you would have to use CG to make it look more over the top. I don't know, it just kind of took me out of it a little bit. Now, from a narrative standpoint, there is one thing in this movie that kind of bothers me, and it is the intro. And let me frame this, I like to use Frasier as a, uh, um, like, kind of like an explanation for what I mean, and, and that happens more than once. Like, when I'm talking about TV shows, I use the pilot of Frasier and the second episode of Frasier. Um, there's an episode of Frasier in season nine, back to 2002 where there, the vacation house that Niles and Fraser used to vacation at when they were kids is, I think, it's getting demolished or getting sold. So they go up there one last time to see if they can find something that they had hidden. And they go into the floor floorboards and find a skull. And they, they take this to mean that the owner of the house that this is, they believe that that skull belonged to his wife because his wife died, I believe, or something like that. Like, there was some there was some mysterious circumstance around his wife disappearing, and they believe that this guy killed his wife. So the two of them start going out of, like, going and creating this huge narrative about how this murder could have possibly happened. And the entire thing comes down to, it was a skull that they had from when they were kids, from when they were doing a, a reenactment of Hamlet. And that's the entire punchline of the movie. Like, police come, they arrest the guy, and it's like, then they realize, oh, wait, Here's our here's our playbill from when we did Hamlet for the family. And it's like, oh, like, that's the entire punchline in the movie. Now, that is dulled by the fact that we, the audience, know from the opening of the episode where we see a flashback to young Fraser and young Niles preparing to put on this play of Hamlet. And I think it's a, a misfire on the episode to, to show this in the beginning because then we, the audience, know, like, Oh, there's a skull in Hamlet. Like, there's like that's the the famous scene, "Alas, poor York." Like, we know, like we know this is happening. So when we get to the end, oh, here's here's the uh, like, oh, that was it. We did that. It, it kind of dulls that impact. Similarly, and again, spoilers. It's in the title of the episode of the podcast. I'm going to spoil the big like quote unquote twist. Um, like. In the beginning of the movie, we see a flashback to 1993 in a facility that looks like the like a, an, an evil castle, and it happens to be basically like the Essex Corporation-owned school, for lack of a better explanation, where it's like, you know, it's a school for people, and we're going to go in and, you know cure them of these maladies, but some of them have powers, I guess, and it opens with... This person, Gabriel, is on the loose in the facility. So the woman who runs the facility has to go and, what's it called? Has to go and, you know, stop him and, and like, put him down. And we see Gabriel is a, you know, an entity at this point in the, in, in the movie. So then as we go through the movie and we find out, the movie kind of tries to make you think that, I forgot the girl's name, Madison... Um, it tries to make you think that Madison, like, is the killer, and it's just her imaginary friend taking over, which is kind of what happens. But, like, it would have been better handled had they not shown that in the beginning, and then the twist that her hitting her head, or her, her boyfriend hitting her head against the wall earlier in the episode, 
Awakens Gabriel does kind of, you know, awaken that. Like, like that, like that part of her that was like this parasitic twin that she half absorbed in utero. And it's an interesting, like, like it's an interesting concept, but I think that in the beginning showing that, and then it's like, you know, I thought it would, would have been cool where it's like in the opening credits, they show the surgery where they remove all that they can of Gabriel from Madison. Like when they show that and they, they show like the surgery, you don't know what it is or what's happening or what's going on. Um, it just looks like grotesque surgery footage. So, like, and we also don't know, like, Madison's there at all. So, or, like, so if they opened, if they cut that opening entirely, cut the cold open and go right to opening credits and then go to movie, I think the movie would flow a lot better. Because then what happens is it's, like, through the entire thing, we, the audience, know Gabriel exists. And it's like, you know, we know that there is this entity, Gabriel. So now we're trying to figure out what happened here. Whereas, like, we need to cut out the cancer, we need to do this, we need to, like... And it's like, okay, well, the movie's called Malignant, and it's like, we need to cut out the cancer with something that the, the woman said while looking directly into the camera early in the movie. And it's like, you know, because of all of that, we we don't necessarily need... A, like, we don't need the movie to explain to us all that up front. We can figure it out as the movie does. And there's a way to tell this story where all of that being revealed right as the third act is happening is a great reveal. And then you can go back and watch it again and you you, you see, you know, everything happening. Now, it's it's one of those things, too, where it's like, you know... There's a lot of things not explained. This this woman has powers. Like, it doesn't explain how she was able to see Gabriel physically outside of her body on multiple occasions. Um, it doesn't explain how, like, the electricity interference works, um, which is a key part of the movie. Because it's, it's kind of like how they, they say that Gabriel's around, the electricity flickers. Um, and then the movie, at the end, tries to kind of play with that to an extent, where, like, you see this light, and it, it you know... It does that. And then there's this revelation at the end where it's like Madison, like the thing that makes Madison break free of Gabriel's control is that she's tried to have, she's tried to get pregnant multiple times and every time the baby is uh, miscarried. And it's like early on in the movie, I texted someone and asked like, is it a thing where it's like someone gets pregnant and then immediately like doesn't look pregnant anymore once they miscarry? Is that like how it works? And then it makes sense because if Gabriel's just absorbing it to make himself stronger, okay, I can understand that. So Gabriel's absorbing the fetuses and all that, and then she kind of, you know, regains control and then goes and, you know, locks Gabriel away. But Gabriel can always come back because, you know, movies and franchises and things like that. Like, if this movie makes a lot of money, Gabriel will definitely return. I forgot where I, how I got on that, that track. But, like, it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't know what you're getting into, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, in early on when they show the 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 boyfriend, like, she's work Like, ordinarily, if you go into a scene where it's like, here's a woman who is visibly pregnant. Like, not like, oh, I'm pregnant. Like, she is visibly showing and she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm pregnant. And then she goes and um, goes into a room where her boyfriend or husband 
is laying on the bed drinking and watching boxing on TV in the middle of the day, I don't need to, like, my, I can, I can read that scene and be like, oh, okay, this guy's an asshole. Like, it's not a mystery (laughs) as to what's going on. It's, it's, you know, it's visual shorthand. And then I'm watching it, and then it's like he, he throws her into the wall, and I'm like, well, that's just extra. Like, we don't need that, but that plays into the movie. Like, that, that plays into how this works. It, it just does seem kind of weird. I mean, and there are times where the, like, the camera, and the movie does operate a lot on nightmare logic. Like, you know, people do things in the movie that don't make sense, like, outside of the movie. Also, I think that, like, yeah, it's a happy ending where it's like, oh, good, she defeated Gabriel, but, like, she definitely killed, like, 40 people, like, evil twin or not. I think that, like, she's still, especially considering that, like, her head closed back up at the end, and, like, the back of her head wasn't showing, you know, Gabriel's face, I think she's still legally, like, liable, like, if not criminally, then definitely civilly for all of the, you know, police officers and, you know, doctors and and other people that she just, like, straight up murdered, like, I still don't understand the electricity thing. Like, there is no explanation for the electricity thing. Just like, fuck it, we're going with this. Like, I'm not saying you need to explore, like, explain every aspect of the movie, but besides that, it's a pretty grounded story. It's a, it's an interesting kind of, like, horror movie where it's, like, it's kind of grounded to an extent. Like, yeah, she bursts her head open, or she gets her head burst open, and there's a parasitic twin on the back of her brain that's kind of like Lord Voldemort and doing whatever it wants. But, like, at the same time, it's, like, you know, it it's not, it's outside of the realm of possibility, but it's not, like, too outlandish. Where it's, like, you know, if they did the movie without that part and it's just this thing in her brain is just, like, you know, making her do things, that would be a pretty solid, you know, you can do a pretty solid slasher with that. I, I don't, but the electricity thing, it's so integral to the plot that they, they talk about it the entire time, and it's never explained. Oh, that's what it was. They also never explain how the sister found out that Gabriel was feeding off of Madison's babies. Like, they never explained that. It's not like the movie was, like, two and a half hours long, where it's like, okay, we need to, you know, like, wrap this up because we're running out of time. It's like, it's it, it clocks in under two hours, and this is my thing. I, I you, you will hear me say this from now until the end of time. If your movie clocks in under two hours, I love you. Especially if it's a movie that I don't like or don't want to sit through particularly. Wrap it up quick, keep the story tight, and and make sure that you do it. If the story is not tight and you wrap it up quickly, and then I'm going to sit here and be like, well, you, you still had more time. Like, there was, there is no outside forces. Like, Tarrant Dick put out a two-hour, 45-minute slice-of-life movie about living in the 60s in, um, in, in Hollywood and no one bats an eye, you know, the Avengers put out a three-hour fucking magnum opus, and it's like, that's fine, too. Like, if the story's good, we will sit through a long movie, but at the same time, like, you know, make the most of the time you have. Like, if it clocks in under two hours, make sure that I'm not left lingering with questions, is what I'm trying to say. Like, you can, you can go a little bit longer if it's like, oh, and here's how, you know, this thing that was a parasitic human twin is able to affect electricity. Um, so, 
so yeah, I think that's really it. Um, like, don't let that, like, criticism really deter you from watching the movie. It's one of those things where it's like, I think this movie would be better if it did a, uh, if it did theatrical only. I think that being on HBO Max could hurt it because, like, when you watch it early on, it's the kind of thing where you're like, oh, this looks kind of not great. Like, you have to sit through a little bit to get to the part that's good. Um, so, like, seeing it in theaters where it's like, I paid for this, I'm going to sit here and watch this movie, that that may have benefited it. But I don't see that this is a, uh, you know, like, I, I like definitely see it. Um, you can watch it on HBO Max. Um, I wouldn't, like, I don't like horror movies in theaters, so, you know, you can watch it on HBO Max, you can watch it in the theater. Um, it's out now. Did not beat Shang-Chi this weekend. Um, I know I said we were going to be covering, um, yesterday. I know we said we were going to be covering yesterday, um, the card counter. And then today we're going to be covering, um, small motor, small engine repair. Um, that's out the window. Uh, I, I had plans come up, uh, that superseded that. But we'll be back on Wednesday with the new episode of What If... And then uh, we will see what movies come out next weekend. So until then, have a great rest of your week. Do you like the show? Do you hate the show? Are you indifferent to the show? No matter what, you should probably let us know what we're doing so we can change it to better suit you, the listener's needs. You can go to either bit.ly slash bos contact, which is a contact form page you can use. Also, you can just email us directly at 30minutereviews at gmail.com. If you have questions that you would like us to answer, we can answer them on the air. We have a few questions every week that will be selected to be answered on air. Um, So if you want to tell us what we should do, or if you have a suggestion for a movie or a TV show or something we should cover, go to bit.ly slash boscontact and also email us 30minutereviews at gmail.com.